All the World's a Game. Chapter 2. The Failures of Capitalism 1.0 At first glance, it's undeniable that, in many ways, humanity is better off than it has ever been before. The percentage of the human population living in absolute poverty has declined to its lowest point in history. An individual living almost anywhere in the world today, bearing a minority of low-income countries, is more likely to die of heart disease or stroke, diseases associated with old age and abundance, than of violence, infectious disease, or starvation. These are certainly developments worthy of celebration, and yet one can plainly see that something is still not quite right. We can acknowledge these global improvements while also understanding that they're of little comfort to the swaths of underemployed and unemployed, despondent young people in Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, member states. The rising tide lifts all boats. That is the promise of capitalism 1.0. Some boats may rise faster and higher than the others, but ultimately, all the boats should rise. Unfortunately, this promise has been faltering for the past several decades. It's become abundantly clear that only some of the boats are being lifted and often out of all proportion to the others. Under the existing paradigm, the greatest improvements that the working poor can hope to expect in their lot is access to more affordable electronics and textiles. And with recent turns to protectionism, perhaps not even that. The dread of chronic illness or workplace injury looms as large as ever. The bleak possibility of permanent unemployment, allowing only for a life of bare subsistence through government handouts, looms larger than ever before. Even for those in the middle class, a pervasive sense of helplessness and hopelessness prevails. The great promise of technological progress has given way to fears of cyberpunk dystopia, embodied in OECD countries by the complete ubiquity and impunity of big data corporations like Google and Facebook, and in the developing world by the rise of surveillance states. The complete loss of privacy and agency is seen by many as inevitable, with the choice simply being between private and public enforcers. Some even wonder if this is a distinction without a difference. The promises of market agency ring hollow when consumers see nothing come from their moral opposition to corporate practices. The promises of government oversight ring equally hollow when the line between private and public interests becomes ever more obscured. More and more young people drift further to the extremes of the political spectrum, hoping to restore some sense of direction and purpose to the world. But their talk of revolution and rebirth has the hollow ring of role-play, while some genuine idealists certainly stand among their ranks, many merely have a thin veneer of zeal that they can't quite hide the yawning chasm of despair and existential dread that lies beneath. On a global scale, people are leaving a life of subsistence farming to enter the working poor and lower middle class at an unprecedented rate. This is a step in the right direction, as they now have a reliable source of bread. But if this era has proven anything... It's that man does not live by bread alone, and that no man or nation is an island. In a globalized world, the problems facing developed nations are the symptoms of systematic global problems. If these problems remain misunderstood and unsolved, the plight of the working poor and middle class in developed nations will one day be the plight of the working poor and middle class everywhere. A bleak outcome as these are the economic classes that will soon encompass the vast majority of humanity. 
This is a grim reality that we simply cannot afford to ignore.